to the Soccer Thread Podcast. This is not Dan Schrader. Once again, it's Colin Smith coming to you from uh, cold as hell, uh, Swamp Scott, Massachusetts, a phrase that makes no sense at all. Uh, Mike Samuelson, how's it going on the couch in Minneapolis? From the couch. I'm on the couch, baby. Uh, and I got to say, I may not ever be recording a pod not on a couch. Recording a pod on a couch just Leaps and bounds better than recording a pod in a chair, uh, at a desk. I don't need a desk to do this. What have I been thinking? I think this I just got work. so excited this is not work. about the idea that I had a separate room that I could do a podcast in for the first time ever that I thought, oh, I need to do this. And it turns out that was a terrible idea. It's a classic, you know, uh, you know do you really need to do this situation? No. <laughs> Uh, you did it because you could, not because I was drunk was with power. Idea. I was like, it's, "Oh my god, we have extra rooms in this house for once." It's hard enough for us to find the time that we can all pod together. Now we have to schedule around couch time too. I don't know this. This does not bode well for the, Look, for the couch life time of the is pod. a lot is a lot easier, I think, in this house than in in your house. We're on That's a strict fair. early bedtime situation. Uh, <laughs> this this couch is going to be open at at 9 p.m. Central from now until the foreseeable wow. future. Wow. wow. That's, this is a great 9 p.m. is Yeah, 9 p.m. is prime couch time in a lot of households. Oh, my like God. Mine and Palmer's included. No yeah. way. 9 p.m. normal days is, is reading time. You should be reading. The fact that you're not, there's got to be a good excuse. Uh, you're in bed. <laughs> you're real reading. Wow. Real yeah, exactly. I mean, Real Housewives are on literally all the time, every day in your house. So yeah, yeah. You that doesn't you think, make sense. You, you think, think that people read? are not on the couch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's that's the wonderful sounds of Ryan Timothy Palmer watching Housewives uh, on one screen while he podcasts. Listen, Housewives is definitely happening in the other room. I can promise yeah. you that. I can hear the beeps. Guaranteed. Um, I. I just returned from a vacation, a trip, I should say, from uh, it was Hawaii. No vacation. It Love was. It. <laughs> listen, a friend of ours told us before we left. Now that we have children, uh, or child, there are no vacations. Um, there anymore. are no vacations, only trips. And wow. <laughs> I took this advice and took it to heart, and it was great. That's a my, deficit mindset, and I think you should you should reject it. My listen, my expectations were completely flipped. I was like, hey, we don't have to do everything. Um, it's okay if I have to stay in the hotel room and, uh, you know, monitor naps. I did that. I was happy to do it. Yep. Uh, I should say I golfed twice. So Not I had little, got Not a little bad. vacation in the trip. How'd you shoot? Um, and it was, uh, you know, bogey golf. Bogey golf, new golf course. Great. So I was happy. Excellent. Um, but, you know this the the vacation uh, only trips now mindset was fantastic it was great um i will say you never really feel more like a parent until you take your child on their first trip um standing in the aisle of an of an uh, airplane rocking your child to sleep while everyone stares at you i've never felt more like a a parent in that moment so i i feel you completely 
I'm a hundred percent in on that. Uh, wait till you get to the next stage, which is you only go on trips that your kids will enjoy. Not that you will enjoy. <laughs> that's, that's your next stage. I mean, Palmer's already used to doing things that his family enjoys, yeah, but exactly. he doesn't enjoy, so I think <laughs> exactly. he's well prepared. Yeah, I'm Very ready well for that prepared. stage. I've been, he's been, in training. been training all I've been, his life. I've been preparing. Yeah, I've been preparing for that stage, so we're ready. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, we have a lot to talk about today, so uh, we're going to get right into emails because there were... Nope, no, we're not. Oh, great point. We're not. <laughs> this guy thinks we he's have... the captain and he doesn't even know which way the ship's going. I'm I, I'm trying to read the uh, run order, but there's nothing on it. So he's like, shouldn't uh, we be going into uh, this port? I'm like, no, dude, the port's right there. We got to go to that port first. Well, this is what happens when you're a pirate captain like me. You know, you don't don't really have a, a true. route planned out. You just kind of just kind of fly. You just kind of fly. You just kind of sail. Yep. Uh, just put right, the sails up and see where it takes you. Exactly. Uh, we're going to uh, probably the Dominican here. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where we end up. Maybe uh, St. Kitts and Nevis? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Mike, take us. So, guys, today is uh, a little timestamp. We are f- we are recording on March 28th. On yep. February 28th, I, I sent myself out. an email. Uh, the title of that email is Wikipedia, List of Men's Footballers with the Most Official Appearances. And that is the category I present to you today. Oh, my God. This is a Wikipedia article. God knows how I found it. And it features <laughs> 38 players who, according to Wikipedia, have made at least 1,000 club appearances. And 1, I, club I put it to you to name any or all of these players. Okay. Take a moment. Gather yourself. 1,000 club appearances. As you it's gather yourself, I will tell you. That one person who I thought would be on this, but is not, is a true legend of the game. King Kazu, as he's known by his fans. Kazuyoshi Miura. Oh, the dude who's like he's, still playing. He's is like 55. 55. Yeah. He's, he's been playing since 1986 is when he made his debut for Santos amazing. in amazing. Brazil. Uh, he's currently playing. He was playing in the J-League last year. So the, the top league in Japan, although he's not playing often. Uh, now he's playing in the fourth tier. Uh, but he's playing for an incredible team name. Uh, the Suzuku, Suz, Suzuka Point Getters. Which Point Getters is just nice. excellent. It's but whenever your kids get into low. soccer, they <laughs> should be playing for a team called the Point Getters. I just like the... Just like... Uh... No fancies up here. Just get points. Yep. Yeah, just, lower those expectations. It's not, it's not about Great. style that's, here. We're just trying yeah. to survive. We don't want that to get relegated. Especially the, that's the Japanese trip versus vacation of uh, of. Club <laughs> <laughs> Especially the Japanese, I feel like when I hear about Japanese like mascots or team names, it's like they're amazing. It's like dolphins and yeah. antlers and all kinds of wild stuff. And it's like, nah, we're just point getters. The point getters can... were were founded in 1980, and they're. Uh, crest looks like it was part of like the first mario's game their nickname is the racers and it's got like a like a checkered flag and just some very 1980s graphics it's beautiful Love mike it. for Love reference it. how many um appearances does uh our guy kazu have uh according to wiki he's got 765 so he's, he's not a lot per he's year. about 250 okay, short 
I'm going to fail this. Yeah. There's there's plenty of guys you know. There's plenty of guys you know. There's some active guys. There's some guys growing up. Uh, All right. I have, I have a name in mind. And it's yeah, I have it a name in mind as well. Give it to me. Give me your name, Palmer. Can I go first? You no, can go come first. On. Quiet, Colin. Uh, Giggs. Giggs on the list. Yes. Number 26, 1,044 games. Colin. I will take Gigi Buffon. Buffon mm. on the list. Number eight, 1,155 games. Oh, that's a good. Okay, so uh, I wasn't even thinking keeper. So you got to yeah. think. Keepers are people too, Palmer. How many times do we have to tell you this? <laughs> um. All right. Well, I'm going to go. I feel like a keeper that was around for a while. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. Oliver Kahn. Ooh, I don't know. Nope, nope, nope. No. Colin? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Think about guys who've played a lot of games and then name one of those guys. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Ooh, that's a good shout. A good guess, but, you know, not on this list. Really? Damn it. Not on the list. All right, go back to Palmer. We have, Palmer. We're, we're so bad at this that... Uh, oh, my God. Um, I mean, so club appear, you'd have to play in a lot of... I don't know. It, does Ronaldo have uh, a I thousand appearances? Sure. I feel like... Yeah, he sure he, does. There we go. Whoa. Number nine. Wow. 1148 games. Yeah, you oh, play okay. you play those seasons, you play you play in all of the the cup all ties, the you yeah. play in the in Champions League, so. Yep. Okay. All right, well then I'm going to go Messi. If Ronaldo's that far up. I mean, one goes with the other. Messi is a couple years younger, so he's down at number 33. Yeah. Just crossed the threshold, 1018 games. All right. Um uh, Palmer, you can do this. But Zlatan wasn't on the list. That's Zlatan, wild to me. Not on the list. Yeah, he's older, but um, uh, I don't know. I'm dude. just gonna throw. I'm gonna throw names out now. Wayne Rooney. I feel like he was in the league early. Waza. That's true. Not a, not not in there according to this list. Mm. Can I get uh, David James? Ooh. A saucy pick, number 31. Wow. <laughs> My favorite part about David James is he's listed at 1,023 plus games. <laughs> he may have played more. May have played more. A- any other names you guys are dying to throw out before I hit you with some good ones? Oh, God, no. I don't have any more. Um, I just got to be more keepers that we have. Like, Petr Cech could be on there. Oh, that's a good one. Um. Nope. Buffon was a good one. I liked the. Yeah, Buffon I was gonna say, one. Casillas could be on there. Casillas is on there. Casillas, San Iker is number twelve, one thousand one twenty-five. Uh, is Valdez on there? Who? Valdez? No, I don't think he is. Nope. Uh, one of my favorite keepers and one of yours, uh, Rogério Ceni. He was the Brazilian keeper who oh, the... scored like a hundred plus goals. Number three on the list. Wow. I mean, if you play in that many games. 1,226. All right. Some other big names. There's got to be some old Germans. Old Germans. Not really, actually. Really? Uh, We said Buffon. Xavi's on there. 
Roberto mm. Carlos, uh, Javier Zanetti, uh, Raul, Zay Roberto, Rivaldo, Danny wow. Alves, still still counting games on there. Danny Alves. Danny yeah. Alves, holy shit. Yep. Uh, David yeah. Seaman, there's another keeper we missed. Yeah, I almost said David Seaman. Yeah. As soon uh, as you said David James, I was like, Seaman must be on there. Yeah, yep. I know. Yep. I th- obviously thought of both of them, yeah. Colin's favorite manager, Frank Lampard. Uh, really i was gonna guess him and i was like nah he's he's too he's not he's too young he's on there but uh maldini iniesta kind of my boy just over and then uh the most recent i view Sadorf as an injury prone guy you view him incorrectly apparently obviously uh and then the the most recent addition when i when i sent this link to myself he was not on there joao mutinho 1,001 games. I, you know, would not have guessed that in a very long sure. time. Yeah. But uh, your winner or your your leader in the clubhouse, Peter Shilton, 1,398. He just couldn't quite get to 1,400. Goddamn. It's got to hurt. Couldn't give him two more games, huh? <laughs> to be fair, he, like... he's also a plus. He's 1,398 <laughs> plus, so... Do they count those, like, the testimonial matches and stuff? <laughs> Do not think those are counted, unfortunately. <laughs> there you go. Good one, Mike. Good one. That was a good one, yeah. Would have loved All to right. have had Dan here. I feel like Dan would have really appreciated it, but... Yeah, for sure. This this baby's been sitting in the inbox for too long. i got to clear up that <laughs> inbox. you got to show up to the podcast. All right, Mike. Now it's time for emails. Now it's time for emails. Thank you, Colin. Uh, first email from Scott Angove. Uh, Palmer, Scott is offering you uh, sessions to learn. Or no, not Palmer. Uh, Colin, yeah. sorry. Colin. My, my Portuguese is it's tight. Yeah. I was really hoping you'd say something in Portuguese there, Palmer. But I don't know. Don't want to embarrass Colin. Uh, but Colin, you are being offered uh, sessions with Scott's wife, Susie, who's a court court interpreter for Spanish speakers and also speaks Portuguese. She's available to help you with your pronunciation issues in exchange for Thread LLC stock options. Um, Colin, what is, what's the process for people to purchase those stock options? Uh, you can't actually purchase the stock options. You have, they have to vest through your participation in, uh, mm. in the thread. Mm. So yeah, you just got to send in more emails. Um, is basically <laughs> the way that's going to have to work. And or, you know, do Portuguese translation services. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, Scott says that uh, his wife, Susie's Portuguese accent is that Portuguese accent is definitely like a Rio inflection. And I love the idea of Colin learning how to say like a few words in Portuguese and then saying them to someone. And they're like, are you from Rio? Oh shit! That will never happen. Like going into Sao Paulo and and like ordering a a beer or something, and somebody being like, "Fucking Rio, get out of here." Uh, I would take it if I could just go to Portugal and have them uh, think I was from from the New World. That would be that would be good enough for me. But uh, yeah, things that will never happen for sure. Yeah, a very generous offer from from Scott and his wife. We'll see if it gets taken up later. Maybe, Colin, you know, in 20, 30 years, you have a little bit more time. You know, That's decide true. to circle back on this email. I got to get the Duolingo going so I at least know the words before I start working on the pronunciation. <laughs> nice, nice. 
Uh, all right. Next email is from Vincent Orozco. He just left us a, a beautiful poem. Um, you know, I think. Yes. Yes, Ryan. It, it's just unbelievable. I'm, I'm reading it right now. It's great. Yeah, I, I believe, you know, Edgar Allan Poe inspired. Shout out mm-hmm. to Marilyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to the Raven. Uh, shout out to a bar called the Raven that I used to go to when I was younger. It's a good bar. Um, but his question for us is, uh, so this is basically a poem about his love of USA Mexico World Cup qualifying games and just how great they are. He says, are you guys tortured like me by a future with no, uh, none of these games because the USA and Mexico are hosting the next round. Um, and with the expansion of the World Cup qualifying, these games are just going to feel a lot different. It's going to be much more likely that the USA and Mexico are going to have an easier path to qualify. Um, so how do you feel about that? And then also, what is your favorite memory of USA-Mexico World Cup qualifying? Uh, Colin. Oh, I got to think about my favorite memory. I mean, obviously, it's going to be a, a dose of Cero situation. But um, am I disappointed that they won't be around? Um, I definitely am disappointed they won't be around for the next World Cup qualification. Uh I think, you know, I hope that um, we get to see more in, like, the finals of, of the Nations League and things like that. Because mm-hmm. even though I think the qualification ones are the best version of them, uh, I think those are, you know, uh, a good Diet Coke. Um, so I think uh, I'm not – it's not like we never get to play Mexico again or we only play them in friendlies or something like mm-hmm. that. That would be pretty sad. Um so I'm not too disappointed about that. And I think when they come back, even though it will be less high leverage, so to speak, like this one, for instance, uh, was very high leverage, especially for the U.S. Um, I think, you know, there'll still be plenty of uh, plenty of emotion in those games. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, it's it's still USA, Mexico. It's still a rivalry. Um I'm trying to think like the, I guess the, the most recent game was high ish stakes, right? Because we still had, uh, you know, if we lose that game, then a lot changes, but there's, has there ever really been a USA Mexico game where it's been knockout or win and knock another team out? Um, in my memory, I can't think of one. Um, and so I don't know. I feel like, this this game is important and the rivalry is important and I don't think it will will go away just because um, these kind of high-ish stakes games uh, in the next you know cycle and, and go around aren't going to happen. Um, they're still going to meet each other in qualifying just even though qualifying will be expanded. Uh, the U.S. is still very good at figuring out ways to make things stressful and not easy on qualifying. Um, so it's never, it's it's never, uh, you know, like don't roll out the world qualified for the World Cup banner early kind of thing. <laughs> um, so we, you know, I don't know. I think um, there's there's still we still got the history and. Uh, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over. So they'll they'll still be great games in the future. Um, so there's, you know, it's it's okay, Vincent. There'll be some some rivalry games in the future. It's gonna be fine. 
it's gonna be. I would also I would also say that uh, the best ever USA Mexico game for me happened at the World Cup in two thousand two, yeah. right? So uh, are we gonna miss some of these? Yes, um, they happen once every or twice every four years, right? So it's not like they happen all that often. Um, and we can hope for them in, in other tournaments, like the World Cup. It'd be great if we saw them again in the World Cup. That would be very spicy. Yeah, and like, you know, maybe the Gold Cup becomes more exciting and, and um, there's more matches in the, in the Gold Cup and who knows what this Confederations Cup is going to look like. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, the there's there's opportunities will, will, here. Yeah, the powers that be will get these teams together to play. Yeah. Know. Yeah, this is not, it's not over. I, I like how he calls this game his Lolita. Your Lolita is not going away. It's just, she's just changing a little. She's <laughs> growing up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, one one moment that uh, that sticks out for me, maybe it's recency bias, but it was actually in the last round when we didn't qualify, but it was that Michael Bradley goal at Azteca where he I like cut he basically like steals the ball at midfield and then like takes a touch and chips it in from, I don't know, 40 yards out. Uh, and it was just one of those goals that I remember like getting up, just like losing control of my body, just being so excited. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was a draw, but it was just like such an incredible goal it in the moment. And yeah, it was just one that is super, super memorable for me. Yeah. Those for sure, and just like the the hype in those games, the the you know Keevan loves a hard foul. That game is uh, <laughs> ripe with hard fouls. Um, I was gonna say one of one of my favorite moments. It's not like necessarily my favorite game because honestly, I don't even remember what happened in the game. But there's the one where um, it's named Borghetti mm-hmm. uh, stands up to uh, Aguchi and Yewu. Yeah, the yeah. stare down. The stare down one. Yeah, and. That like those kind of moments, I think, uh, like it, yeah, like I don't remember the results. I don't remember like what was on the line, what like what place we were in the hex and what place they were in the hex and blah blah blah. And I just remember the that yeah. there's more emotion between those two teams than there is when we play anybody else. Yeah, and I like I don't think that that goes away. I just right there's exactly. there's going to be. Yeah more opportunities for those games and uh that just it doesn't it doesn't go away just because it's not in qualifying so yeah i i mean i do think though like these games even though they're incredibly stressful uh they're also just i don't know if i'd say they're fun in the moment maybe they are they're fun if you're winning uh but they're they're always fun looking back i would say like even if you Mm -hmm. lose it's like still good memories um and just the the friendly games are just a little bit less so. Uh, so I think we, we will maybe lose out on something. And I don't know, hopefully qualifying gets set up in such a way that the U.S. and Mexico can still play each other in some kind of meaningful match. I'll say, like, my favorite USA-Mexico memory, and I don't remember the game this happened in, is uh, I just remember, I don't even know who scored, but we scored, I think, you know, kind of a late goal and Eddie Johnson was running into the corner. I think it was Eddie Johnson. And the Mexico keeper kind of slid to try and, like, tackle him. The, the oh, ball, yes. The ball was yeah, not yeah. there at all. Uh, it was just, like, a frustration moment from their keeper trying to take out, like, a random U.S. player who was near him. 
yeah. but I yeah, there might not have even been a World Cup qualifying match. Who knows? Anyway, uh, that's the email section. Soccer thread at Gmail. You send those emails in. We evaluate your email. Maybe we send you some stock options. Who knows? Those stock options are going to be worth a lot of money. Not so much in terms of, um, you know, like a like a value to the company, but, uh, you know, in the sense there'd be very rare collector items, uh, eBay, etc. We're also, I want to be very clear, they're going to be printed stock options. We're not doing any of those non-fungible token bullshits. It's all hard <laughs> currency, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Our tokens are fungible. <laughs> Tom, All right. You want to you that, host? That's the end of emails. Uh, I'll just finish up the email section for you. That's the end of emails. Soccerthread at gmail.com. Uh, now, yeah, I already back said to that. Colin. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I, did, I, I wasn't that. paying attention. That's my good. bad. Um, uh, all right. A couple of big games this week. Um, I don't know if you saw either of them. Uh, but, you know, World Cup qualifying was going on. First uh, game of the uh, break, <clears throat> U.S. played Mexico in Azteca, home of Michael Samuelson. Or actually, not that's not true. Yeah. Uh, that's where I got my Michael trips. Michael Samuelson takes vacations because he doesn't have children yet. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, you. So, first of all, it ends nil nil. I think we all agree we're happy with that result. We don't need to 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 discuss. Any anybody wishing we won that game? I mean, I think we could have and probably should have won, uh, but not gonna be too upset about a draw. I mean, yeah, that's that's how I feel. Yeah, same. I mean, it's, the the job is to draw your away games and and win your home games, and I'm sure we'll get on to the next one. But that's what we did in, in these last two. And uh, job done. Like, haven't lost in Azteca um, in a long time. And, and, you know, 0-0 away, that's great. We had opportunities. Probably should have walked away with the the victory. But job done. Greg needed a point out of this, and and that's what he got. So, I am mad. A couple of big misses. uh, One from Christian Pulisic and one from Jordan Peefock. Uh, Mike, do you regret saying that P. Fox should start, or do you still have <laughs> faith in him? You know, I think I, I think I texted. That was just the late nights talking. That wasn't that wasn't my brain. It wasn't even my heart. It was just the need to be falling asleep when it's nine thirty-five on a Sunday night, uh, and that's just the life I live. But I mean, both of those misses were 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 quite bad. Um, yeah. And I think I texted you guys during the game that. It just made me feel like these guys are not – they're not killers. They're, like, mm-hmm. there's just something in really great athletes that, like, they just they just score. And maybe it's just at the number nine position where the U.S. lacks that. But, like, I don't know. Even when we score goals, it just feels like uh, – it feels like not quite luck, but just uh, not inevitable. I'll just say that. All right. Yeah, All right. I agree. With I, I, I'd agree with you that I mean I think we've been over uh, the fact that we're you know deficient in talent at the number nine position right now. Um, fair enough. Uh, I would say uh, Christian Pulisic I think is now up to eighth all time on the U.S. men's national team scoring list, and you know his rate of goals per game is better than anyone you've heard of. 
So he's proven well, himself to be an excellent listen, penalty kick taker, which yeah, is a which and, is a good skill. Not not. I mean, but Landon Land Donovan scores. took the penalty kicks too. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's the only one who's ever gotten to kick to take penalty kicks. He he bags goals against teams when we're winning four five zero. That's great. Good for him. Should have bagged a goal against Mexico. Landon Donovan scores goals against Mexico. Uh, you know, Pulisic scoring penalties. That's fine. That's good. It's great. But would have liked to see those go in. Uh, but again, 0-0. Zero, zero. Point on the road. That would have been icing on the cake. Um, but I agree with Mike. The The kind of killer attitude, mentality. I mean, you think about like Dempsey, right? Yeah. Like Dempsey scores those. Both of yeah. those opportunities, I right? Donovan agree. scores both of those opportunities. Yeah. Um, and you come walking away and, you, and you're saying, you know, a player of Pulisic's talent should score that. And, you know, you don't need that kind of uh, qualifier. Yeah. Um, it, it should just be, you know, job done. He's inside the six. He's got to yeah. score that. He's and wide it, open. You know, we, we give Greg a lot of shtick on this pod, and rightly so. Uh but you have to say, like, it seemed like he set the team up well. He had these two great chances which fall to your, you know, your best attacking player and your player who's got, like, 25 goals in his club season. So that's who you want your chances falling to, and they both just couldn't get it together. So, you know, uh, good job, Greg, I guess, for not screwing it up. We'll give him that. And I, I was bad, beyond that for job. Greg. P-fucking CPDG for yeah. uh, screwing it up. Yep. Screwing it up. I mean, we, we created more. So this is another point on the running order. We won the XG battle. The expected goals battle is kind of, you know, uh, kind of what you allude to there. And that we made the chances. And Mexico did not make, you know, did not have any uh, chances of the quality of those two chances. Um, so, you know, it, I think that speaks... You know what? What do you what do you putting that down to? Are you going to assign that all to Greg? Uh, why is that? Um, if we like, if we think about the U.S. narrative, it's usually that on the road, especially get outplayed mm-hmm. and maybe steal a point. Mm-hmm. But is this changing because of the players, or is this changing because of Greg, or is this just Mexico's poor right now, Palmer? I mean, well, maybe Greg is just really good against Mexico, and that he might have Tata's number. And that seems to be the case because we honestly looked better than Mexico. Uh, well, I should, I should say I had to go to dinner uh, <laughs> at, the second, at the end of the first half. So uh, in the first half, I thought we looked better than Mexico. We seemed to have the run of play. We had more of uh, more opportunities. Um, Mexico tried to kind of counter punch. We were able to kind of absorb that and continue playing. And it never seemed like we, you know, lost kind of the, the plot. Um, and I feel like games not against Mexico, that's, we tend to do that, especially away. Um, and I just, I don't, maybe Greg has, has Tata Martino's number. Um, and there's something there, right? Well, uh, and, yeah, go and, ahead. And I think there's something to be said for when the U.S. doesn't have to bring the attack to the other team, which mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, if we qualify the world for the World Cup, uh, that will be the case more often than in CONCACAF. So, you know, I think 
we can defend pretty well and we have guys who do well in space. We don't really have anyone who does well at like breaking down an attack or a defense rather. So, you know, playing against Mexico, especially in Mexico, when they really have to take the game to us, I think that's kind of in our favor. Yeah, understood. Uh, so one guy who looked pretty good uh, doing some elements of counterattacking, at least the dribbling part, uh, your boy, Mike Giorena. It's Gio's team now, been, baby. You've been very high on the fact that it's Gio's team. Uh, his best play from this game, maybe the best play in this game, uh, amounted to nothing, not even a shot, mm-hmm. no expected goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us why we should care. Well, I, I want Palmer to tell us why he doesn't enjoy watching this play, and then I'll, I'll tell us why. So tell us you're why. telling me you should just care for the aesthetics? Yeah, this is not fair. I, I care about this. It was great. You, was, you literally fantastic. texted us and said, I can't wait to pod. I have a hot take. I know. It was, <laughs> it was fun. It was nice. But why the fuck are we talking about Gio looking like Maradona? In the World Cup, because what he happened does look at like the Maradona. end of that run in the World he Cup? He's, yeah, he scored a goal. Right, Gio didn't, didn't even make lose, the box. Didn't lose the ball twenty five. Well, yards away Maradona was smart enough to receive the ball at midfield, and Gio received it like twenty yards from goal. I don't care. I I do not care. This is it's ridiculous the amount of time that we've spent. In fact, we're spending too much time talking about this on the pod. It was fine. It was like okay, great. He made a couple. The fact that our our bar for what is like good soccer on this team right now feels like it's so fucking low that a guy that can run 25 yards, 30 yards, like go around a couple people and then lose a ball gets all of the play, all of the highlight. He's being asked about the run in in the press conference. Are you are you kidding me? He lost the ball. 25 yards from goal. Like, what do we do? Like, I feel like Taylor told me, right? What are we doing? Let me, let me tell you what we're doing. It's not a big deal. Let me tell you what we're doing. So shout out to Pedro. When I was on my trip last vacation, uh, I read on his recommendation, soccer and sun and shadows, which is just a, a nice little book. It's a bunch of basically vignettes. uh, And the, uh, the kind of the thesis of the book, if one exists, is that uh, the game, and this was written like 20 years ago, and it's even more so now, is that the game has become all about winning and the amount of money in the game has, has basically sucked the joy out of the game. And the author, uh, his name is Eduardo Haliano, he says in the beginning... This is kind of the defining quote about this book. He says, I go about the world, hand out stretch in the stadium. I plead a pretty move for the love of God. And when good soccer happens, I give thanks for the miracle. And I don't give a damn which team or country performs it. And yes, Gio Reyna's dribbling in the scheme of things didn't mean anything. But it was like, it was just so fucking fun to watch. And the fact that it was a guy on our team that did it made it fun to watch. And yes, after he dribbled past the fifth guy, he couldn't get by the sixth guy, and that kind of sucks. But like, I, I don't know. Listen, it's in the I, same way that, you know, if a if a player in you know basketball makes a great play and dunks the ball, but they lose by thirty, like we're still gonna watch that on Sports Center and be like, wow, that was really fun to watch. Yeah, but he finished it. 
We're not going to look. We're not going to watch a missed dunk. We're not going to watch. But it's. I mean, uh, it's. It's just. You know, there's. 80 made shots in a basketball game and two goals in a soccer game. So I don't know. I mean, you you got to find the joy where you can, Ryan. I agree. I listen. I agree. It was great. It was fun to watch, but I don't know. It's just. I like, think you're both right. I think you're both right. Like the hype around this, this is out of control because it's, it did not contribute to anything, but it's okay to feel good about the fact that the U S has a guy who uh, is worthy of praise for his, you know, the, the style of his play. That mm-hmm. has not been the case very often. And quite frankly, it's one of the reasons why I think, you know, why I personally prefer Clint Dempsey to Landon Donovan is because Clint Dempsey, the style of his game was better, like just more attractive to watch, more fun to watch uh, than Landon Donovan ever was. Um, and I, honestly, I feel a lot of these same things about Christian Pulisic. Um, I think our, the, fan base and everyone like expects him to be uh you know like the 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 bar for what he should be is outrageous he should score a goal every game but you know he's a player who on his day can produce moments of magic and and brilliance that we haven't seen from many you know american players ever like the ability to go at people and dribble the ball so i i think it's great that uh you know the u.s has multiple guys like that and Mm -hmm. gio rando is certainly one of them um, let's just, can we just we're dial just back move the hype machine? Nope. Dial yeah. back the hype machine. That's all I'm it's, saying. It's Geo's Mike team now, keep, baby. You can keep your Geo's <laughs> team hype machine. I, I definitely like the, uh, style of, of having a guy, you know, for a long time, I, like John Anthony Brooks, my guy, and I was going to say he should start in the back line and rep him and he was underrated all the time. You can, you can have Gio be your guy. The, I'm, I'm totally down. The reason I love Gio, and this is the last thing I'll say about him unless you guys bring him up later, uh, is that the reason I love him is because he's just oozes with, with confidence. Mm-hmm. And in that way, I think is almost like the opposite of Pulisic. Pulisic, because he came first, he's had all this pressure heaped on him, and you just feel like he's always trying to prove himself. Gio, yeah. even though he really hasn't done shit in his career, is just like, <laughs> I'm the man. Yeah. I'm fucking yes, great, and you know I'll just go in and dribble past some guys, or I'll go in and Panama and immediately. He do gets like so a mad at his teammates, and he's like 18 years old or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's why I love Gio. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, moving on. Just as the as the U.S. Men's National Team did after the, I'll say big draw in Azteca. <laughs> um, you know, we went to Orlando. We. The, uh, the team stayed out of Epcot for until before the game happened. Uh, <laughs> good move there. Go to Epcot. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, basically just battered Panama 5-1 exactly as we had all hoped. Got goals early. I, personally, that was my biggest fear, you know, is that we would go into halftime nil-nil mm-hmm. and be really nervy. And that because we're a young team with Christian Pulisic being the captain, you just described his mentality, I think, quite aptly. Uh, that that would be a very nervous time for us and potentially not work out very well. But we got some help. We got help from the homie Godoy with some silliness. We also got uh, help from the referees. Mike, good calls or fixie calls? Uh, nothing wrong with fixie calls. I'm not mean, judging. As long as they good go away, there's calls. nothing wrong with them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, man. The first one in slow-mo, it does look like Zimmerman gets, like, 
a slap to the face and a choke to the neck. And you just kind of see that and you're like, you know, it's easy to give that as a pen. But it, it also feels like one of those things that probably happens in CONCACAF every game and just, you know. Or just happens on every corner kick. Yeah, I mean, there there was more hand-to-face action than normal. And Palmer, we yeah. know you never touch another man's hand. You never touch <laughs> another man's face. Right. Should, uh, should end in just an automatic goal. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, wasn't picked up on the field. Uh, Zimmerman probably makes a meal of it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'll take I it. Think, I, yeah, I, I think that's a penalty for sure. It's it's like the guy getting his foot stepped on or something, uh, you know, running with the ball where you when you see it. In, in real time, it looks like, oh, he, he that was a dive. And then you see on the replay, and go, oh, no, he, he kicked him in the heel there. He, yeah. So that, that one was pretty nailed on for me. But the second one, Palmer, the second one. I didn't see it. You didn't see, but <laughs> is softer. It was bath, it was bath time at that point. It was bath time. But the second one is softer. Um, you know, there's VAR, so it, it was, for me, uh, we would not have gotten that one on VAR if it hadn't been called on the field. But that was the one that was called on the field. Um, so we got lucky in that sense. Um, but two good penalties from Christian Pulisic. Uh, first one, he makes the keeper go the wrong way. Second one, which was the fourth goal, um, he kind of he hits it hard and into the top corner and gets it past the keeper. So Christian uh, taking penalties is his best skill, or is there something else You know, he's doing in this game, Mike? Um, I mean, the commentators kept talking about how he was like super fired up or whatever. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I actually thought like in the Mexico game, despite the miss that we talked about, he, he looked pretty good in this game. I think he looked fine. I mean, very good penalties. The third goal seemed like maybe it was a mistouch, but he reacted to it very well. Good finish. And so, I mean, and the, the second touch he takes on that, just to, like, oh, okay, let's just do the third goal, third goal. Uh, De La Torre has a good interchange with somebody down the left. I can't remember who. And then whoever that is down the left, probably Robinson, uh, pops into the box for Pulisic, who takes a, a touch through his own legs, um, then reacts quickly and megs the final defender mm-hmm. um, and puts it in the corner. I would say, yes, the touch through his own legs, definitely not intentional. And exactly like you say, reacts well, which is uh, a skill. Yeah. Um, completely, you know, uh, not lucky. Uh, but then the touch through the through the center back's legs, I think, is actually quite good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's a good goal to get to it first, but also to get to it with you know that composure to to put it in the right place to make it an easy finish for yourself. Um, it's a really good goal. So yeah, that was the kind of for me the one that um, yeah displays his 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 abilities really. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a, a streaky player. And so, um, you know, hopefully he can build some momentum over the next eight months or so and, you know, hit hit the World Cup hot. Yeah, I wonder, like, what his role is going to look like against, you know, maybe a better team or a team in, uh, in the World Cup that maybe we'll have to defend and counter against. If in this game he was he was just he was beat up and he's beat up against Mexico all the time like the amount of attention that CONCACAF teams give Pulisic is kind of outrageous um and I think that's where you kind of see the the fired up Christian 
Um, but he, for, for me, I think this is a good test for him um, in terms of his ability to just kind of uh, withstand punishment and, and walk away um, and, and be able to, to kind of affect the game. I think we've seen him kind of disappear in, in matches sometimes. Um, you know, I felt the miss against Mexico it almost felt like, and I think we, we said this on the thread that, uh, you know, we're just hoping that he can kind of respond mentally back um, from that. Um, and I think this game proved it, especially with kind of withstanding a lot of punishment from um, from the defense as well. So, yeah, again, job done when you're when you're home games and draw your ways. So, yeah, roll so- out the banner roll it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I, they, despite the fact that Tyler Adams has worn the captain's armband a lot, uh, Christian Pulisic wore the captain's armband against Panama. Uh, and in the interviews afterwards, you know, that meant that clearly meant a lot to him as the guy who was on the field when, um, you know, they didn't qualify in Trinidad. And now this was kind of, even though it didn't actually qualify them was a big, big moment to erase that sting um it was also another you know so he's in that sense i'm saying like he's stepping into somebody's shoes he's taking a bigger role in the team another role in the team that was vacated in these two matches which i think uh has been largely papered over or largely we don't miss as much as we thought is weston mckinney um i thought you know in the in the mexico game we we might have missed him in some ways, like, yeah, he could have had a role in a game like that for sure. He scored a bunch of goals against Panama, so clearly didn't miss him. And mm-hmm. Christian Pulisic got spicy. Yeah. Did you like that? Did you like seeing that? I know you're a big West fan. Wes doesn't get spicy, though. Wes is, Wes is uh, he gets spicy in a different way. He gets spicy yeah. in, like, a fun, jokey way. Uh, Pulisic's mad was just weird. It felt forced. I don't know. I mean, it's it's all just, like... Uh, like body energy, like Christian's got small guy energy. Mm-hmm. He, he gets mad, but he doesn't actually want to throw down. Weston has big guy energy where he doesn't get mad, but he will throw down and people know not to fuck with him. And yeah. so that's, yeah. Weston that has goes. the Clint Dempsey and like uh, energy. Like for he sure. will, he will fight you. Yeah. Um, anyway, I like seeing Christian get a little bit spicy. Uh, I think, you know, in the same vein that Keevan likes to see the hard foul, I think that's good for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, anything to say about the guys who uh, came in kind of from the fringes in this one because it was the second, uh, you know, the second match and everyone got sick in Mexico and, uh, you know, just guys are, are beat up and whatever. There's a lot of changes. But uh, Ariola specifically and Ferreira were guys who scored goals. Is that mean? Is that meaningful, Mike? Or is there no, anybody want, else we should care about? I want Colin to heap all the praise on the Ariola right now. <laughs> I mean, the dude is like five foot four, and he scored a header goal that as a, someone who is, is not header. tall and has played you know sports where it would be helpful to be tall. Uh, it was a great header. A great header. Great header from a short guy. You don't see a lot of those. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think he, I think he did. He does a job. He should. I think he should be on the World Cup roster, honestly. Over Aronson? 
No, not over Aronson. I mean, okay. I, just asking I, the questions, Colin. Yeah, I'm just that's a good question. I don't think it's a good question. I don't think it comes down to that. Is is my point? Um, I think you end up picking Ariola from a position of uh, he's probably a good locker room guy. He's got good thighs. He can play a lot of positions. <laughs> he's like he's like uh, the, the secret thigh man of the team. We yeah. just discovered this. Yeah, you know, he just he's, he seems like he's he's a worker like whatever if you need him to play 10 minutes at right back he'll just give you 10 really hard minutes at right back Mm -hmm. you know whatever so and and of course as we've been saying over and over uh world cup we're not gonna have the ball guys who defend really hard and are good on the counter will be good and that's Ariola is not a guy to be unlocking even though he worked in this game not a guy to be unlocking defenses yeah i I just feel like with areola i mean he had a he had a great 45 minutes incredible headed goal would not have bet on it but shout out to those who did you know who you are uh (laughs) and had a had a little assist kind of a you know a broken play but whatever did the job for me though still uh is incredibly limited on the ball uh and I would just much rather have other players who I think, you know, I think Aronson can also work incredibly hard, but is much better on the ball. Oh, uh, I yeah. think, you know, Tim Weah also works very, very hard, excellent on the ball. And then, you know, you've got your sort of maybe guys who don't work as hard, Pulisic, Reyna, whoever. So for me, it's it's like, yeah, you could probably find a spot for him on the roster. Uh, but I just, it's hard for me to imagine a situation where I really want him playing and then the big asterisk is if everyone's healthy and you know that's probably not going to be the case um and i do think yeah great locker room guy seems like a guy with no ego who can come in and play 45 minutes even though he hasn't played in a while so he's in contention for me but he's probably not on my 23 right now Mm -hmm. yeah i mean he's also like you could call him into camp and then he could be the last cut if everyone stays healthy through camp yeah you know um all right, so moving on from that, I don't even think – so you're not going to say that anybody uh, in this, Mike, in this game uh, played their way into a bigger role. I mean, for me, like De La Torre, I loved him last game or last last window. Uh, he didn't play against Mexico, I don't think. And he played this game and looked great, and I want him mm-hmm. to keep – I want him to keep getting shots. Like, I'm still – not convinced that he is not a starter on this team. I think he could very well be a starter, um, you know, depending on the opponent. But, like, in a game where we're going to see the ball more, uh, I think he is very much in the running. So, loved him. But, yeah, otherwise. Going to be great in the Gold Cup. Going to be great in the Gold Cup. Can't wait. Um, I mean, I think Ferreira, like, we don't have a number nine. Ferreira looked okay. He did have a bad miss, but he did score a goal also. I don't know. I guess he his yeah. I, the one name I was waiting for waiting for was uh, Shaq Moore. Um, oh. I think, you know, Reggie Cannon was out for some, I can't remember, he gets sick or something. But Reggie Cannon was out and uh, um, obviously Dest is hurt. So, you know, kind of went through, went through guys at right back, uh, crisis of whatever, injury crisis. And Shaq Moore comes in not having played since last time we played Panama, uh, which was a, a big L, and uh, played pretty well. Didn't didn't seem like he didn't belong. I think totally deserves another shot, despite the fact that, uh, you know, that's not a position where we 
actually need a lot, a lot of guys or not like um, where we actually have a crisis where normally we do at, at outside back um, because quite frankly, Sergio Dest when, when healthy is, is nailed on starter and Yedlin's a capable backup and Joe Scally's a nice young player in the Bundesliga. I still think Shaq Moore should, um, you know, get to wear a U.S. men's national team shirt again. So, yeah, I mean, that'd be my one. He's, he's for me, he's a great Gold Cup guy, but I just don't think he's good enough. Every time I see him play, and I remember saying this to, uh, to a friend before the game, just like Moore gets the ball and he takes it down and he crosses it and it never connects with anyone. And that happened numerous times yesterday. And, yeah, it was a tough spot for him, and he, he definitely he did a very admirable job. But for me, that's not a reason to bring him along unless we have a huge injury crisis. And, I mean, I think, like, we'll talk a lot more about roster creation for the World Cup after we qualify. But, like, now is the time to say to take a guy like Shaq Moore who's you know who you're going to get and say, like, all right, go take a few months off and maybe let's call in some guys who have a lot of potential but we haven't wanted to risk them in – you know, a big qualifier game, but a guy Joe like Scally. Joe Scally, who yeah. is, you know, 19, he's playing in the Bundesliga. Also seems like a phenomenal athlete, uh, you know, can play on both sides of the field. So is a great world cup roster guy. And like, let's bring him into a bunch of camps and see if he's ready because from a club situation, it seems like, yeah, he's playing at a much higher level than Jack Moore. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, all right. Costa Rica on Wednesday, uh, Obviously, the U.S. travels down there. We need to lose by five goals. Five, losing by five goals is okay. Losing by six goals is not okay. Uh, that's all we're going to say about this. I, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to even entertain the idea that we could do that. Um, <laughs> so we're going to – we're gonna. what does Dan call this? Level up? We're going to level, <laughs> level up the conversation? Level up. Yeah, level up. Uh, we're going to level up the conversation here and just talk about the oct- octagonal, the octagon, the ocho as as uh, as a whole, as if it were over. Because, uh, you know, we now have one game to go. We have a good picture of, you know, where everyone's about to finish or, you know, their destiny. Um, Palmer, who's your biggest surprise, positive or negative, of the ocho? Of the Ocho? I mean, I think yeah. I picked Jamaica to surprise some people and qualify for the World Cup. So, for me, Jamaica's poor performance, they were bad. They were bad, bad this year, or in this uh, octagonal. Um, and, and on the positive side, Canada winning this, kind of running away uh, with the octagonal, for me is a surprise and a pleasant one. I think, you know, I, Colin, you knew this. You said that Canada was going to be good. Um, but I thought that they were young, inexperienced, and maybe the situation was going to be too big for them. Um, and they were great. They've been great. They hung a lot of goals on a lot of people. Um, so I'm very excited to see them in the World Cup. Uh, I'm definitely, definitely rooting for Canada. So I think it's a great story. Um, Alfonso Davies hopefully will be, be healthy for the World Cup and we could get to see him play. Uh, but yeah, those those are my two surprises. Jamaica's, Jamaica bad, Canada good. Yeah, CONCACAF is better with a good Canada. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah just, for sure. Just as a, I mean, I, I guess that's 
self-evident, but it's just more entertaining to have more teams that can compete at that level. Yeah. Yeah. I, Mike? I would agree with those storylines. Just kind of like looking back uh, at, at Jamaica, because I also thought that they were going to do better. They really had the deck stacked against them. Like their first, they had four road games out of their first six, and they had road games at Mexico, at Canada, and at the U.S. Plus they had a lot of issues with like a lot of their English players couldn't travel to certain games because of COVID or English-based players. Um, and it just didn't really come together for them. So I don't know. I mean, I think like that's a team that, you know, I think they qualified in 98 or 2002 to the World Cup. Um and just kind of feels like one of those sleeping giants is maybe too strong of a word, but like they can put together a strong team and it just didn't mm-hmm. happen for them this year. Um, and then the other kind of fun story is like the resurgence of Costa Rica. Um, they were really struggling in the beginning also and seemed like they were kind of down and out. And then they have really got on a run. I think they've won like four out of five games recently. And now we're at least qualified for the playoff. Um, and that's one of those like wily old veteran teams that you know, if they qualify for the playoffs, unlike us, uh, where I'm like we would definitely lose. I feel like they will probably win in the playoffs. Um, and again, like it's just fun to see more Concacaf teams get into the World Cup, and you know they still have some of those guys who made a deep run in in Brazil. So maybe if they get to the World Cup, they can make some noise. So I think that's kind of like a, a fun story too. Yeah. My big can I dis- ask a question about, about okay, Wednesday's game? I know we're not supposed to do this, but can I ask a question? Yes. Can you give me a reason to watch this game? No. The bowling alley is closed on Wednesday. The only <laughs> the only potential is heartbreak and pain. So yeah, that's nervousness. exactly what I was going to say. Well, Just... you can talk to your dad about it on Thursday. How about that? That's what I'm going to do. Okay, that's fair. Not talk to your dad. I'm going to talk to my dad. Well, I'll talk to my dad. Or, we, you know, we could, we we could, could set up a conference call. That'd be fun. Let's pot about it. <laughs> Colin, what, what's your storyline here? Uh, my, like, sneaky storyline here is that Honduras uh, has been San Pedro Sula, and going to Honduras has been long in CONCACAF, like this fortress, uh, example of a fortress in Central America, and it just, like, ceased to be one somehow mm-hmm. when we went there and won four to one it was like oh my god what a win and everyone won there like they took one point at home didn't you know, we all the, we went like, down one zero at halftime yeah, yeah. We, we, i don't yeah. know yeah. made it to halftime but we were de- definitely down and it was like okay yeah sure this is what happens in honduras but turns out everyone wins there this this time around doesn't make any sense but that's how it is so yeah that's that's a weird one that has like persisted through the entire uh, Ocho, if you will. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think, uh, you know, when you look at besides Canada, which you've already pointed out, when you look at the, the table, you wouldn't say, oh, this is so out of place, right? Costa Rica in fourth and Panama in fifth. You know, that's, that's, that's about right. That's, that's mm-hmm. about what we thought. So uh, in the balance of it, you got to say that the Ocho, I would say pretty entertaining. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Dan gave us an ELO analysis that said the U.S. had like very high highs and low lows kind of in our results that we went and got some good results. We also had some shockingly poor ones. Um, you know, I think in general, World Cup qualifying is is a lot of fun, is is great, is great drama, a great, you know, it's not Bravo, but it's it's up there. 
Yeah. One one other fun storyline uh, that that I have for this round of qualification is the uh, Americanization of CONCACAF in the sense that like more and more players are um, on non-US teams are playing in MLS. So a lot more guys that we're familiar with. And then a lot of like guys who were born in the US who are dual nationals are now getting called up on other teams. Um, like El Salvador's got a handful. Um, Julian Arajo is getting called up regularly now for Mexico. Um, Hugo Perez is a former U.S. international. He's the coach for El Salvador. Uh, you know, just stuff like that I think is just kind of fun uh, and just like another reason to kind of root for some of these other teams in the World Cup is like the ties that, that we have to them. So, um, you know, I think like in the past, we've mostly been been trying to convince dual nationals from other countries to, to play for us. And now it's kind of uh, some of the guys who maybe uh, in some cases aren't good enough or in some cases just prefer to play elsewhere are showing up on CONCACAF fields for not the U.S. And it's just kind of fun to track those players, I think. Yeah, totally agree. But at the same time, it is fun to see Mexico in a little bit of crisis. They are not uh, very happy right now. Uh, but they will qualify, um, and uh, with any luck, uh, I think we will too. Yep. So don't, that's, don't do in Italy. Don't do in Italy. Uh, that's it this week, uh, unless you guys got anything else. That's all I got. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff.